48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. New COVID cases top 500 for the first time in more than a month. Hong Kong's tax revenues hit a record in the past financial year. And former Deputy Police Commissioner Kwok Yam Shu is appointed head of the Civil Service College. Hong Kong has recorded its highest daily COVID tally for more than a month, with health officials reporting 505 new cases today. The Centre for Health Protection says there's been a spike in the number of people testing positive through rapid tests, but subsequently testing negative in PCR tests. It says while this suggests an increase in false positives, the situation will be monitored to gauge whether it heralds a genuine increase in cases. CHP controller Edwin Choi says the rise may also be related to the vaccine pass requiring people to be triple jabbed starting from yesterday. In recent days, we find that the so-called false negative ratio is higher. So here I would like to remind the public, if you didn't test positive on the day, don't use our self-report platform to report your case. If you want a recovery record or to satisfy the vaccine pass, the best way is to get jabbed. Then you can fulfill the triple jab requirement. 34 of the new cases were imported. Medical sector lawmaker David Lamb has expressed concern that the number of cases topped 500, but says people shouldn't be too worried until they see an actual upward trend. He warned, however, of a possible sixth wave if infection figures do not go down further, adding that the stagnant COVID situation suggests authorities are not doing enough in containing the virus. Starting from 1st of May, the number hovers between 200 and 300 for four weeks which means that all we have been doing so far is effective in curbing the degree of infection, but no further decrease can be seen. That means we are not doing good enough. About June, July will be the time when people begin to have a drop in the antibody levels. That is a time when people become less immune to another round of infection, especially if we have a new mutant Hong Kong's tax revenues for the last financial year rose to a record $378.5 billion, 14% higher than in the previous year. Inland Revenue says the rise was mainly due to a 23% increase in revenue from profits tax. Income from salaries tax grew by just 1%. Commissioner Tam Tai Pang explained that a number of companies had requested a tax holdover the year before because they thought business would be harder hit. He said inflation also played a part in creating the record tax take. For the past few years, the economy may not be that good, but over the years, there, there should be some inflation factor and a growth in GDP which bring the total tax revenue up uh, on a growing trend. That does not mean that we are very satisfied with the performance, but, but that, the fact is I think there are growth in GDP over, the, over the, so many years and there's also a factor of inflation. Former Deputy Police Commissioner Kwok Yam Shu has been appointed as the head of the Civil Service College. He retired in April after serving in the force for 31 years. He'll take up his new post on July the 5th. Mike Weeks reports. The government said Mr Kwok was appointed following an open and in-service recruitment exercise. Civil Service Chief Patrick Nip praised the 57-year-old, saying he has distinguished leadership and management skills. He said with his experience, capability and commitment, Mr Kwok will add new impetus to the drive to strengthen civil service training and as the inaugural head of the college, steer its further planning and development.
The Civil Service College was established last December to provide training programs for public officers locally on the mainland and overseas. The government says the college accords the highest priority to enhancing the understanding of the nation's constitution, the basic law and the national security law. West Kowloon Court has sent 17 defendants in the national security case over LegCo primary polls to the High Court for trial. They're among 47 people accused of conspiracy to commit subversion. Among those transferred to the court of first instance are former lawmakers Leung Kwok Hung, Helena Wong, Lam Chuk Ting and Raymond Chan. The other 30 defendants will appear in court tomorrow. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few showers and a minimum temperature of about 28 degrees. It'll be hot again tomorrow with sunny periods, a top temperature of about 32 degrees in urban areas, a few degrees even higher in the new territories. The outlook persistently hot with sunny periods and a few showers. Currently 29 degrees, humidity 82%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. Health officials say they're drawing up a response plan for monkeypox in case there's an outbreak in Hong Kong. Doctors will have to report all suspected or confirmed cases to the Department of Health. Officials said the government and the hospital authority are preparing to purchase the necessary vaccines and medicines and are formulating recommendations on clinical treatment. A number of European and North American countries have reported cases of monkeypox, normally found in Africa, since May. Two earthquakes of Rock Sichuan province, killing at least four people and injuring 14. A 6.1 magnitude struck a sparsely populated area about 100 kilometres west of the provincial capital Chengdu, followed by a magnitude 4.5 tremor minutes later. Shanghai is slowly whirring back to life as it emerges from two months of Covid lockdown. Many residents celebrated, but most were just glad their ordeal has ended. Aaron Tam reports. There was joy in the commercial hub of Shanghai as residents counted down the seconds to midnight. Lockdowns lifted in Shanghai. Those who gathered on the city's Bund Riverside to mark the occasion shouted in unison when the clock struck 12 with some clinking champagne glasses. One of the revelers, Wang Xiaowei, expressed elation. I feel it is the same as Chinese New Year. I have a strong feeling of excitement, feeling that there is something bright in front of me. I think that I will not leave Shanghai. I hung in here up to now. The new day marked the easing of COVID restrictions after weeks of lockdown for the city of 25 million people where case numbers continued to drop. Bright yellow barriers used to fence off housing compounds were taken down in many areas deemed low risk as residents were once again allowed to move freely around Shanghai. Some went on the city's subway and into office buildings scanning QR codes that certify they are virus-free. Others gathered in small groups to chat in parks that are slowly reopening, while staff at shopping centers and markets arranged products and cleaned in preparation for customers. Malls, convenience stores, pharmacies and beauty salons are allowed to operate at 75% capacity. But cinemas and gyms remain shut and schools will slowly reopen on a voluntary basis. A teacher working in Shanghai told RTHK that the past two months, which saw the city close down in sections from late March, felt like a cycle of hope and disappointment, but expressed hope for the future. 
morning, so it's early days, but over two months it's been like a cycle of hope and disappointment. Everyone's waiting for official announcements, so it's only just felt real the last day or two. The people couldn't believe it. Last night there were fireworks on the compound and barriers were being taken down, but it's really strange that after one month of being of negatives in the compound, there was one positive case here, so I think if there's a lot of gatherings, obviously the chance of some rebound might happen, but let's be hopeful. On the day of reopening, officials in Shanghai reported 15 new COVID infections, the same number as Beijing. Across the mainland, just 68 cases were reported, 29 fewer than Tuesday. A private sector survey has confirmed yesterday's official PMI numbers that pointed to China's factory activity showing signs of recovery last month as COVID-19 curbs eased and some production resumed. The Kaishin Market Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose to 48.1 in May from 46 the previous month. Last month's contraction was still the second sharpest slump since February 2020. The 50-point index mark separates growth from contraction on a monthly basis. Back locally, new legislation regulating the use of drones has come into effect, requiring many pilots to register their identity and their equipment with the authorities. But the head of the Drone Sports Association welcomes the new legislation, saying it will help boost safety, as Violet Wong reports. Under the new law, drones are divided into three categories according to their weight, and pilots flying drones which are heavier or pose higher risks must register their information on a government website and buy third-party liability insurance. Operators using the heaviest drones may even need to undergo training and obtain prior permission from the Civil Aviation Department. But drones that weigh 250 grams or less are exempt from the rules, as long as pilots abide by certain restrictions, including a maximum flying altitude and speed. A six-month grace period will be in place for the public to familiarise themselves with the new requirements. Andy Chow, who chairs the Drunks Boss Association, says the use of drunks should be regulated in a packed city like Hong Kong to ensure safety. But he also called on the government to offer some leeway so that the group's members can continue to take part in drone racing here. Drone racing, the streets most likely is over like 100 kilometers. So if we can have some suitable area, that's help a lot to make most people can do their sport and try to advance their level within more safety centers. Mr Chow also expressed concern over a rule that bans those younger than 14 from flying drones, saying it will discourage younger children from taking up the sport. He says they should be allowed to fly drones as long as a guardian is present. A champion for the rights of children, special needs education and marginalised communities in Hong Kong has died. Long-time social service volunteer and philanthropist Anne Marden was 96. She came to Hong Kong as a young bride in 1947. Priscilla Ng reports. Anne Marden could readily be regarded as a pioneer of modern social services in the city. A number of charitable organizations she helped to found are now an integral part of the SAR's social service landscape. In the 1960s, she was the director of the Hong Kong Red Cross and in 1962 presided over the first school for children with disabilities. Married to businessman John Marden of the trading conglomerate Wheelock Marden & Co., she used her position of privilege and influence to advocate for perhaps less popular causes. These included marching for the rights of women sex workers and assisting with asylum seekers and refugees. She was also a keen advocate for children's rights to play, something often overlooked in an education-driven society. 
Kathy Wong, the executive director of the Playwright Children's Play Association, describes how Anne Marden helped found the first playground in Hong Kong that was truly accessible to children with special needs. The first project that she engaged、uh, for Playwright is to build the inclusive playground at the King's Park, together with the Urban Council at that time, and then the Polytechnic University, and it's still there now. At that time, I think they found it.、Uh, most of the playground didn't cater for the needs of children with special needs, so we say it's not accessible. And so that's something she wants to make change. And then、uh, they think the playground should have a theme that can inspire the imagination of children. So they theme the playground called the Voyage to the Moon, so they can have. Expand their imagination when they go to the playground. And Martin also worked to provide weekly trips for the children of Vietnamese boat people who arrived here in ramshackle boats in the 1970s and 80s, and worked for the International Social Service to provide education in the refugee camps. She was a well-known resident of Shekou, where she would open up her garden and swimming pool to local children. And Martin was born in Shanghai in 1926. Chief Executive Carrie Lam expressed deep sorrow over the passing of Anne Marden, saying she dedicated her life to serving others and helped thousands of people with special needs to lead a dignified and meaningful life. Mrs. Lam said she'd known Mrs. Marden for more than two decades when she served as social welfare director and admired her passion and dedication to improving the welfare of people, especially those with disabilities and from a disadvantaged background. Archaeologists have made major new discoveries in northern Iraq at the site of an ancient city that emerged from the Tigris River as water levels dropped due to extreme drought. The archaeologists have had to work fast before the settlement, dating back some 3,400 years, is lost beneath the waters again. The BBC Sebastian Usher reports. It's been a race against time for the team of Kurdish and German archaeologists before the waters of the Mosul reservoir, from which the ancient settlement resurfaced, rose again to submerge it once more. They excavated and mapped what they believed to be a city that was a major regional centre some three and a half thousand years ago. During the Mitanni Empire, they discovered huge fortifications, a multi-level storage building, and a factory complex. The researchers have covered the excavated buildings with plastic sheets and gravel to preserve them for the next time they're revealed. Time for one piece of sports news, and in tennis, the king of clay, Rafa Nadal, has knocked world number one and defending champion Novak Djokovic out of the French Open. The 59th meeting between two of the greatest tennis players of all time lasted four hours and 12 minutes before the Spaniard won through 6-2-4-6-6-2-7-6 to reach the semi-finals. Nadal will face Alexander Zverev in the last four. And that's the news and sport from RTHK.
To our second hour this Wednesday night, our magical mystery tour rumbles on with a track from Frankie Valley. I got you under my skin. 19 past 11, Radio Peter Gmail, if you feel like getting in touch. Thanks for those who sent emails in so far. Sentimental journey, of course, at five past midnight, but we've still got about 40 minutes of great music this Sunday. Evening. 